When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. This is the Unplayable Podcast brought to you by Cricket.com.au where today we'll preview the KFC Big Bash League Final and the Rebel Women's Big Bash League Final with our experts Adam Burnett and Laura Jolly. Adam, you were there last night. We've got our finalists. It's the Scorchers and the Sixers. In an absolute thrill last night, the Sixers prevailed. They sure did. We uh, certainly didn't expect it was going to go down to the wire like that and by down to the wire, super over. It doesn't get any closer. But um, yeah, the Sixers, they looked to have it in the bag with... uh, Henrique's playing a brilliant innings there, but um, the Heat, as they have done, they fought hard all season, and yeah, last night was no different. Well, the Sixers won the toss, elected to bowl first, and Nathan Lyme had him in a spin. Four for 21 from four overs. Gaza just seems to be doing all he can to, uh, to get ready for India, and he started with the white ball in a T20 format, and he had the Heat in all sorts. He sure did. Um, he, he bowled beautifully, I think. Those first few balls to Sammy Hazlitt, uh, it was a good lesson for the, the young heat left-hander, the ball spinning away from him. Lyon, it was uh, it was a bit of a clinic from the old offie, and uh, he eventually had him stumped in his first over and then kicked on to remove, I think it was four of the top six, including Brendan McCullum. So it was really a, a decisive spell in the match. And he said afterwards that, um, well, he reiterated afterwards, we've heard him say it many times, that his goal is to be the number one spinner in all formats for Australia, play in all three teams, but um, so far it's not the case. It's a, it's a goal that continues to elude him. Lyon actually captured 4 for 23. My apologies there. He actually the big wicket of Brendan McCullum for 46, left the uh, heat at 6 for 109. Adam, did you think at that point that the six was going to run away with it? Yeah, I did. I, I was surprised that the, the heat managed to um, get as many as they did. The total of 167 was a, probably not quite what they were after. I'd say they would have been looking at certainly 180 plus probably closer to 200 even but um, from 6 for not many to uh, 167 was a decent effort and uh, I think it was Jack Wildermuth who was was the man um, who pushed that total on to, to something pretty competitive as we saw in the end Well in the reply as you said Henriquez put on a 99 run partnership with Daniel Hughes when he was when Hughes was dismissed there were 3 for 133 in the 15th over and it looked like they were coasting to victory but T20 is a funny game AB and as we saw it was like six runs off the last over needed and Ben Cutting held his nerve and forced it to a super over. Yeah, I mean, the, as you said, the sixes were cruising, uh, um, particularly when Moses was at the crease. He got a few singles from the first few balls he faced and then he, he just exploded. It was 50 from 24 balls, but it was careful, selective hitting. It wasn't uh, slowing. It's a sort of batting that I guess characterises Enrique's um, pretty classy when he gets going. And yeah, he batted beautifully. Um, Daniel Hughes is had a consistent summer and uh, he was a good foil for most of that but as soon as Henri got out um, the tide turned and dramatically um, the six, the heat never never gave up and forcing it to a super over was, was quite unbelievable the crowd 35,000 plus were just going berserk so it was a pretty good atmosphere and um, the super over was, was I guess it's cricket's version of a penalty shootout it's going to divide the fans but um, it was certainly entertaining 
Before we touch on the Super Rover, Johan Bota played a little gem, 16 from 12 balls with three boundaries, but he was out in a controversial fashion, AB, out caught behind for the bowling of Ben Cutting. Replay suggested that it didn't hit any glove, the bouncer hit more of a, a bicep that went through to Pearson, the wicketkeeper. You spoke to the umps after play, what do they have to say about that? I did, yeah. Um, they they were very surprised when I informed them that, uh, obviously they hadn't seen the replays on the TV yet, um, that the ball hadn't brushed a glove. Both umpires actually standing and square leg thought they'd heard two noises, glove onto shoulder or bicep. Um, so yeah, they were surprised, but as is the game, they're, they're only human, they make mistakes, and um, in the end, the Sixers got the win anyway. Um, we might have heard a bit more about it if they didn't, but uh, as it was, Boyce's innings was cut short, but, geez, it was a good hand, wasn't it? It certainly was. The Super over, well, it turned out to be a bit of a fizzer, didn't it? Uh, Colin Munro and Moses Enriquez open to the batting. Uh, Munro, none off two balls. He ran two very important buys because they got Henriquez on strike, who clocked 18 off five balls, one four, and two big sixes to finish the Sixers at none for 22 from their Super over. Uh, they needed a Brendan McCullum special to get them back in the game and the heat into their second final. It just didn't come, unfortunately. 22 or 23 to win was just too great an ask. But what, a, what an amazing finish to a, a semi-final. We were due for a Super over, weren't we? We certainly were, Sam. Like you say, T20 cricket is a funny game. We got one in the semi-finals and... Um I guess McCallum's ass was just too much, and he's he's done some brilliant things this season for the Heat. But trying to hit 23 off and over, you've really got to hit, you know, one of the first two balls for six. It's a massive ask. Um, Enrique, from his perspective, just played the perfect super over, um, and setting a total or a target of 23 is. Well, I'd be surprised if you ever lost with a with a target like that. Unfortunate for Ben Cunning, who did so well in the final over of the innings, to then concede 22 in the Super over. But nonetheless, a fantastic season for the Heat. They really reinvigorated Brisbane, didn't they? AB up there, you went to most of those games, 30,000 plus on a regular basis, breaking all kinds of ground records. Uh, Brendan McCullum and Chris Lynn, the Big Bash brothers, they were fantastic. Just shows that um, you get the right sort of mixture up there, the, the right ingredients, you can have a recipe for success both on and off the field. Absolutely. They've been uh, invaded by Kiwis up here, the, the Brisbane Heat. They've got McCullum, who, as you know, he was the, the front and centre, the showpiece of, of the whole setup. And then behind the scenes, you had coach Daniel Vittori, bowling coach Shane Bond. And between them, they were a bit of a brains trust that really transformed a, a franchise that had probably been struggling for a couple of seasons. Um, obviously, Chris Lynn's Lynn sanity feats notwithstanding. And had he not been injured midway through the season, we might have seen a different outcome because um, he's certainly decisive whenever he plays. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the Heat can walk away from BBL 6 with plenty of positives. McCullum's back next year. They've got a young team, guys like Sammy Hazlitt, who we mentioned, Mitch Swepson, uh, Jack Wildermuth, Marnus Labashane. Uh, there's a host of youngsters there who um, they're only going to be better for the run. And BBL 7, uh, I reckon they're... They're going to be pretty uh, competitive once again. I'm calling an early AB. The Sixers head into the final. They're going to play the Perth Scorchers, who've gone into their fifth decider. Can you believe that, AB? After they uh, they comfortably dealt with the Melbourne Stars, it was not pretty for the Melbourne Stars. Uh, I was actually fortunate enough to be over there in Perth. And in the first over, Mitchell Johnson produces a double wicket made, and his first ball, by all accounts, was an absolute half-tracker down leg side. I, I think he described it as a, a ball he wanted to swing in and hit off stump. 
but it went horribly wrong. It would have been wide to a right hander, I reckon. But uh, poor old poor old Rob Quiney's clipped it straight to fine leg, and that's just the rot just started. Mitch Johnson ended up with the figures of three for three from four overs, if you can believe it. The stars were restricted to eight for 136, and then the scorchers through Sean Marsh chased it down uh, in the 17th over, three wickets down. So another complete performance by the Perth scorchers, who just have this amazing ability to every year make the semi-finals, and then they've only missed out on the final once. It's an unbelievable record in T20 cricket where it only takes a couple of players to change the game and change the season, but they're so consistent. It's fantastic. AB, the Scorchers are just on a roll, and they are the prime example of consistency in the Big Bash League. They certainly are, and like you say, I think one person can make a real difference in a match. Uh, the fact that it was Mitchell Johnson, I guess, is, is a little surprising. I mean, Sam, uh, you'd spoken to him in the build-up to the season. How is he trying Travelling and I guess he hadn't played since IPL. Um, was he sure that his body was going to be ready? Uh, and I guess did you expect this much from him? He's really come good at the right end of the season. I think physically he was always pretty good, but he always sort of talks about his mindset. And in the lead up to the tournaments, whether it be the IPL or the Big Bash League, he wasn't quite there. He's a little bit ho hum about it all. But every time he got in the nets and started getting around the boys again, really that team spirit sort of picked up and reinvigorated him. And once he got into the action, got across that white line he just loved it and we saw a little bit of the Mitchell Johnson of old he spoke after the game he said that you were never going to get that 2013-14 version of Mitch Johnson back that guy was gone but this guy's a little bit different a little bit more wily the pace is still there the bounce is still there and you can see the passion is still there his celebrations probably as they even said weren't as energetic and he hasn't been as angry or mean on the field as he used to be but I think he just loves this stress-free environment he talks about the stresses of playing for Australia in Perth he's only played the eight games now and He's done extremely well. Uh, was I surprised? A little bit, sure. I mean, he was a bit of an unknown factor. He'd never played in the BBL before. But I think that Perth environment under, under Justin Langer really suited him. And who knows? I mean, he's definitely keen to come back. He said repeatedly after the match to come back again next season. He's got one more game to go. He wants to be a bit of a T20 mercenary. He's been fantastic. And what a great person to have to pick the brains of the Scorchers youngsters. Those guys like Andrew Ty and even guys like Ashton Turner and Ashton Agard have a world champion. I think he's an Alan Bordle medalist, ICC World Player of the Year a couple of times, Ashes winner. Uh, to pick his brains in that setup is just a uh, what an absolute goldmine it is for the for the Scorchers, and they're going to go into the into this final as hot favourites, um, and very tough to beat at the furnace. They are going to be tough to beat, but um, I'd tell you what, the Sixers just seem to be hitting form at a pretty good time. And the one thing I did notice with their side last year, I guess, particularly in comparison with the Heat, it's probably more of an even match with um, the Scorchers. But it's just their level of experience. Uh, guys like Haddon, Enrique's, Johan Boitza, uh, these sorts of characters who. They, they seem to know how to win and uh, not dissimilar to the Scorchers actually it's two teams who they might not play their best cricket the entire season but they scrap they scrape and they tend to make their ways to the finals so now we've got ourselves a uh, replay of the BBL 01 decider I believe correct and BBL 04, Canberra, Adam, and, and this is the decider. It's one all, it's uh, Origin 3, so to speak. Um, and I was just looking at the scorecards of those two finals, and it's amazing to see 
some of the players. The Perth Scorchers team from way back in 2012, Herschel Gibbs and Marcus North were opening the batting. Luke Ronke was number three. Mitch Marsh was there at four, but he's not playing. He just got 77 in that final. He's not playing with a busted shoulder. Paul Collingwood was one of their overseas players, along with Gibbs, uh, Coulton Old, Brad Hogg was there, Michael Beer, and Ben Edmondson. But for the, uh, the Sixers, Probably more tellingly, it was Moses and Riggers opening the batting. It was man and match of that game. Nick Madison was at number three. And if we move to the second final between these two teams, Henriquez was there again in Canberra, as was Nick Madison at number three. They've also got Nathan Lyon, who played in that final. Whereas the Scorchers, they've got Maxi Klinger. Uh, Adam Voges was the captain on that day. Ashton Turner was there. Sam Whiteman. So... They've got a bit of final experience. The Sixers slightly more. I think that's probably what the key to the success of both sides is that they've kept those core players. There hasn't been that many from the first year for the Scorchers, but basically from then on, they've kept the same core group of guys and as has the Sixers. And they've been, the Sixers in particular, have been hurt by international selection. There's no Steve Smith, Mitchell Stark, Josh Hayeswood. Sort of list goes on there for those guys. But the players they have had, they've played a lot of games. They're almost big bash veterans now. And I think it's going to be, like you said, a really close final. Yeah, I think from a, certainly from a Sixers perspective the narrative really runs with Enrique. he um like you say three finals this will be now uh against the Scorchers and all very memorable occasions uh the, the first two for different reasons you said he top scored in the first one man of the match I think he opened that game with Steve O'Keefe of all people and then in BBL 04 we had the dramatic finish where he could have affected a run out he fumbled the ball which I think uh, he even mentioned last night in a post-match interview. He said, yep, scorches again. Hopefully I can catch the ball behind the stump. So it's three years on, or sorry, two years on, but uh, something that still weighs heavy on his mind, that uh, that moment that could have brought the Sixers a second title. And, um, you know, like that, uh, they become suddenly the most successful BBL franchise in the early days as opposed to the Scorchers who I guess you can't argue with five finals out of six they're they're the dominant force in the competition and on their home deck on Saturday night are going to be very tough to beat Okay, AB who's your tip give us a winner I know I've just said that the Scorchers are going to be tough to beat but I think um, Sixers are are running a nice little roll of momentum at the moment I think they're going to go over there and do it you're right I I just can't see the Scorchers losing I just think that they've just got so many get out of jail players if someone fails there's always someone to back up Ashton Turner's had a fantastic season Agar's going to go really well and Mitchell Johnson uh, he's riding a a wave of uh, of form at the moment few have stopped in the past I mean if he he's the kind of guy that when he gets on a roll he's very difficult to stop so the Scorchers so we will, we've got a split vote here. We might get Laura later on to to, uh, to to break up this and get the deciding vote. Look, it's not the first time you and I have disagreed, is it? <laughs> That's very true. That's very true. What about the tournament as a whole, AB? It's been its sixth season now. Massive crowds, huge television viewership. How have you seen it progress in its sixth season? It's not really that fledgling competition anymore now. It's really a, a power-packed blockbuster over the summer. How have you seen it unfold this summer? Yeah, it sure is, Sam. I think uh, it's without wanting to sound too cliche but it's just getting bigger and better um we've seen a it's just established itself now in that school holiday window through the christmas period as a real staple of uh, the australian landscape i guess the sporting landscape in any way in and um you know having it on the tv every night it's something that boys girls mums and dads tend to have on in the tv and not just the tv they turn out in numbers um we've seen record crowds in brisbane every four five matches sold out uh scorches just always selling out hobart adelaide 
and huge crowds in Sydney and Melbourne as well. Um, obviously, the, the January 1 crowd of 70,000 for the, the Melbourne Derby. Um, it's a fantastic competition. I think the key is promoted as a, a fun competition and, and that kind of thing, but I think the key is the competitiveness and the quality of the cricket. Um, that's what's won over both the purists and attracted some new fans as well. So long may it continue and hopefully we get a um, cracking final on Saturday night to round it out nicely. And you just talked about the the quality of the cricket. If you look at the BBL ladder at the end of the regular season, the top team got in with five wins. The bottom team had three wins. So, you know, one result goes either way. They're in. It came down to the last two overs of the last game of the 32nd game of the regular season to decide who's going to be in that final four. I think in seasons past, the, the distribution of talent hasn't been as even as it is now where the Thunder went a couple of seasons with only winning one game or one season they didn't win any games, whereas now um, every team can win on any night. It's just you go into a game not knowing who's going to win and your team could win on any occasion. It gives a lot of that fan base a lot of belief and you're talking about the crowd numbers. Uh, the MCG averaged nearly 50,000 a game this season, so just under just under 50,000. So that's just incredible, I think. But the quality of the cricket, it's a fun, entertaining league, no doubt. And we've got the fireworks and all that and the jazzy colours and all that stuff and the, and that's fantastic but the actual cricket is just uh, the, the product is just gone to another level yeah it certainly has Sam and I, I guess um, with the Thunder finishing last they, they were on six points Adelaide Strikers in sixth on six points as well and like you say fourth plays Melbourne Stars on eight points so that shows how close the competition is but also the Thunder finishing last their premiers last year it's just like you say any game you go to watch you don't know the result, your team could win, and that's what makes the competition such a enjoyable and even one. Um, I think they've really done a good job in these six seasons so far. I know they're talking about, there are reports in the papers about taking it to Asia, and there's always talks of expansion. I don't think they need to mess with uh, a, a formula that's obviously working at the moment. I think. Um, at least for the next few seasons, they should um, stick with how it is and continue enjoying the success of the tournament. As a whole, AB, what have been some of the highlights of the tournament for you? Well, it's pretty easy from a Brisbane perspective. We had the Bash Brothers up here, which was quite entertaining, although the best show they put on was, um, and probably my highlight of the tournament off the top of my head, Sam, um, was uh, in Perth when they were chasing... I think it was 174 to win. They did it one down in 14 overs. Uh, Chris Lynn, 98 not out, I think it was, um, with 11 sixes. That was probably the peak of the tournament uh, in terms of entertainment. It was just ridiculous. Lynn Sanity went out of control. And uh, shortly after, he was picked for Australia and um, got injured. So he, he can't take a trick with injuries at the moment. Um, he was... Uh, announced king of the six following the game last night 26 sixes in his five innings uh astonishing stuff so yeah i guess long story short sam to answer your question chris lynn hitting sixes how about owen morgan six to win the game off the last ball i mean that's tough to beat you've got a bit of a brisbane bias up there i might have a bit of a, a bit of a lime green bias down here in sydney but that was just amazing and that was after four straight losses that was morgan's last game in the thunder before going over to india to captain england and to pull off a performance like that in innings and then hit the last ball for six. Poor old Ben Hilfenhaus on the receiving end. It rejuvenated It rejuvenated the Thunder season. And even though they finished last, they were just one win away from getting in the top four. So it was just a, an amazing...
amazing competition. Okay, Adam, mate, appreciate your time. As always, we know you're tipped for the final, so enjoy the weekend, mate. And uh, you're off to New Zealand. You're going to cover the one days for cricket.com.au over there. I am looking forward to it. Um, leave tomorrow. Three one days uh, on the North Island over the following sort of ten days should be good. No David Warner for the Aussies, but um, and I, they, they they went down last year over there, so uh, they've got some uh, some work to do to to get the points this time. What's really exciting, and I know this, um, I mean speaking to some of the the fast bowlers of the Allen Border Medal on Monday night, that the ball swings a lot over there in New Zealand, and not just at the start with the new Kookaburra, but throughout the innings. And I know Mitchell Stark uh, in particular is looking very forward uh, to bowling over there in those conditions and getting that ball to swing around where he hasn't found much swing in Australia this summer. Yeah, absolutely. I'm looking forward to watching it. I remember him uh, absolutely destroying the Kiwis over there in the 2015 World Cup in that low-scoring thriller. Um, that was uh, Stark at his best. And, uh, yeah, fingers crossed we can see some more of it. Thank you, AB. Remember, you can follow all of AB's fabulous writing over there uh, on cricket.com.au. Mate, we'll hear from you from across the ditch. You sure will. Kia On the line is our WBBL expert, Laura Jolly. Laura, thanks for coming on the show. Um, what have you made of the two semi-finals leading into the big final on Saturday? Um, unfortunately, they haven't been quite as close as we might have liked, um, going by last night's thriller in the men's in Brisbane. But, um, yeah, two pretty comprehensive uh, performances, especially yesterday with the um, Sixers just smashing the Hurricanes. Well, let's start over in Perth on Tuesday with the Scorchers recording a nine-wicket win over the Brisbane Heat. The Scorchers won the toss and sent Brisbane in, and they restricted them to 524, and the Scorchers blitzed it. One for 125 and 16 overs, Elise Villani finishing not out on 52. Uh, Laura, did you see this one being so comprehensive to the hosts? I didn't. Um, I think the the Heat have sort of gone one way or the other all season. If Mooney's fired, they've been able to build quite a big score. Um, similarly, if she's failed, they have tended to collapse a bit and struggled. And I think once she went out early, the Scorchers were always going to be in a very good position to win that game. Just the impressive performance by Emma King. Two for 17 off, seven, uh, two for 17 off four overs. Laura, she's the Scorchers' leading wicket taker and one of the leading wicket takers in the competition. What an improvement by her in uh, WBBL 02. Uh, yeah, it's maybe a bit surprising to some that in a bowling attack that boasts England's star bowlers in Catherine Brunt and Anya Shrubsole, it's local Emma King who's leading the wicket takers, but she's worked really hard at her craft during the off-season and trying to improve her T20 game, and it seems to be paying off. Right, and then they were undaunted in the, the run chase. Valani at the top of the order with Nicole Bolton. Uh, they put on a massive opening run stand until uh, there was a bit of a mix-up between the pair, and Bolton was run out for 36. But a, a super impressive performance by Valani, who's been in and out of the Australian Southern Star set up, but she's found a home at the top of the order for the Scorchers. Yeah, and she'll be pretty pleased with that after being dropped down the order for Australia um, in November. And especially they've made one change there at the Scorchers. Fellani had been opening with Susie Bates, who probably hasn't been at her best this tournament. So that one change moving uh, Bolton up to open alongside Fellani seems to be really paying off for them. A, a big win and competition moved to Brisbane. The doubleheader before the men's game. Uh, it was an absolute slaughter. Laura, it was uh, the Sixers put on 169, then bowled, them, bowled the Hurricanes out for 66. Could, I know you didn't see the one coming in Perth, but what about a romp like that up at the Gabba? Yeah, I had no idea. Um, I think the, the Hurricanes were always going to struggle to chase that total. They'd only scored, uh, I think their highest score for the series was 170 batting first once. It's always going to be tough for them, but no one really saw the way they would just fall apart like that. It was very unlike the Hurricane. Alyssa Healy, she's a standing skipper for the injured Elise Perry. She was 77 or 45 balls, 10 fours and two sixes. 
What an incredible performance. She doesn't seem to mind the captaincy at all. No, I think uh, it's the it's a pretty welcome addition for her. Pez might have problems getting it back next season <laughs> if she's not back for the final. Right, and just, to, just on uh, Alyssa, she's... Again, one of those people who have rotated up and down the order in the Southern Stars, but when she's up at the up, up at the top of the order like that and hitting the ball so well, surely she must be consideration for Australian duties up there. Yeah, there's a few putting their hands up at the moment with um, Volani, Beth Mooney, Elisa Healy. So it'll be interesting to see who they go with for the upcoming T20s. Uh, I think it suits her, especially at domestic levels, bit top of the order. She just goes out there, goes hard. Um, Pez wasn't there yesterday, but she plays that more steady role, just ticks it along while while um, Elisa dominates. And all that for 66, the Hurricanes in 14.1 overs. LJ, we didn't see that one coming, but um, the Hurricanes, they um, just didn't put up a fight at all, did they? No, uh, their internationals just um, won't... You really need beginnings from the likes of Hayley Matthews for them to have any hope of chasing that title. And, yeah, some of those were very soft. They just capitulated. And the Sixers have probably the best all-round bowling attack in the competition. Um, so there's not even like it's one bowler getting it done for them. Everyone's chipping in. And this is without their skip, as we said, Elise Perry, um, Laura, can the Sixers win it without their captain? I mean, they did a fantastic job against the Hurricanes, but Perth in Perth will be a different matter. Is she going to be fit for the final? Uh, it sounds like Elisa has ruled her out. <laughs> Speaking to Ros Kelly after yesterday's game, she said she won't be back, so um, that sounds like that. They have another injury cloud hanging over their Kiwi star, Sarah McLashen, who aggravated a knee injury while she was batting yesterday. So they're hoping she can uh, be right for the final as well. Who's your player to watch in a WBBL final? I'm going to go with one that's uh, a local player, young Ash Gardner. I think both teams have elite um, lineups of internationals, but I think where the Sixers might have the edge is their local stars. Um, Sarah Ailey's leading the wicket-taking for the, the tournament, and Ash Gardner is third on the runs table. She's proved she belongs up there with the top players in the world, and even when she didn't fire with the bat yesterday, she picked up two for nine and took an incredible one-handed catch. Okay, well, this leads us to the only question that matters. Who's going to win it? I think it should be a really close game. I think they're the two strongest teams in the competition and they both deserve to be there. It's the final you want to see. I think maybe the Sixers just have the edge because their local players are that bit stronger. Okay. Just over the overall... Laura, what have you made of the tournament in its second year? Have you seen it grown from that first year? And, and have you seen the teams and the, the players uh, develop in this second season? I think it absolutely has. I think we've seen um, the girls are a lot more comfortable now playing in front of crowds, playing on TV. The pressure doesn't seem to be um, affecting them as much and they're really enjoying having the support um, of the people there. Uh, the teams seem to be settling in. They were pretty consistent this year to last year. There weren't too many player movements. And I think we saw a wider spread of um, internationals coming in with some really good talent which can only be a good sign for the future and who are some of the players of the tournament in your eyes i think the sixes um have got a few there with uh sarah ailey who's just had an outstanding year with the ball and ash gardner who's really stepped up with the bat uh, i think uh, with the scorchers you've had balani has just been outstanding i think she's got five fifties to her name now she's been very strong uh, obviously with Kristen Beams came back from injury and just dominated, worked her way into the team of the tournament after missing half of the tournament. So, yeah, there's some really good signs there. Laura, you're going to be in Perth for the men's and women's BBL finals. We've got your pick for the women's. Who's your pick for the men's? I'm going to go with the home side. I think this court says I've seen their last few games and they're looking extremely good. Hey, Laura, thank you for your time. Have fun in Perth and we'll go to read and hear all your content on cricket.com.au. Thanks, Sam. That's it for today's episode. Don't forget, you can stay up to date with all the cricket news, scores and video from right around the world on cricket.com.au.
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.